0: This is episode 424, Reframing How We Perceive a Change with Lori. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. As always, I love having you here. I love that you listen. I love that you're part of this community. And as I said last week, I'm still just in awe of what happened at our women's retreat a couple weekends ago. And in a lot of ways, I feel like that retreat was a bit of a re-entry for me into stepping a little more back into my work. I have been blessed and really was intentional about spending a lot of time with my daughter. She's over 19 months now, and I still plan on spending a lot of time with her. But as she's getting older and she has more of her own play dates and things like that, there's a more spaciousness opening up in my life. And I think after I'm over the initial, (laughs) for lack of a better word, shock and transition of that very, very new motherhood, I know I'm still very new into it. Yeah, there's more spaciousness in my life. And I cut back on -on one-on-one clients because I like to give things my all. And I don't work with many people in general, but even the normal amount I was working with, with the transition into motherhood, I really felt like I wasn't able to give as many people the attention and focus that I normally can. But now I can say that I am ready and excited to open up more space for one-on-one clients. I only take about four people at a time because it is a big investment of, of time, money, and energy. And we dive deep and it, I want to have the space to be able to get back to people. You know, pretty quickly, I have a boxer WhatsApp relationship with all my clients. It's the sessions and it's the support in between. And I really am like you're in your back pocket, <laughs> literally, if your phone's in your back pocket or your purse. So if you are wanting that one on one support, if you resonate with me, if you've been feeling a calling, if you've tried a lot of other, other things and you're like, mm, I think I'm ready to really invest in myself in a, in a major way. And I don't just mean financially, it's a commitment on every level. <laughs> because our work together will be truly transformative. And that's not necessarily me. That's the container that you and I hold together. So if you're interested, you can go to christinehaster.com and there's a tab on my website that says coaching and you just scroll over it, and there's a section called Coaching with Christine. You can fill out the application there, and then Jill will get back to you. She'll most likely set up a call with you, and we can see if we're a fit. Currently, I have one client. There's four spots. I have a feeling the other three spots will fill up rather quickly. So if this is something you're feeling called to, then I suggest you reach out. And I do four people every six months, so there's always space opening up. Sometimes you just have to wait a little bit. But I truly believe if we have a divine appointment, the universe will align for us to work together. So again, go to Christinehassler.com, click on the coaching tab. There's a section called Coaching with Christine. Um, if if you lost all that, you can always email jill at Christinehassler.com and she can help you out as well. And if coaching, one-on-one coaching isn't a fit, then there might be other programs or suggestions that Jill has. So really don't hesitate to reach out because there's always ways that we can support you. So, today's episode is so important because we really dive into how Lori is holding making a big change. And she's allowing her fear of the change to compromise what she really wants in her life. She's settling and staying in a situation that isn't what she wants and isn't what she deserves and isn't what she values out of fear of making the change to something different and better. So, as you're listening to this call, consider are you in a situation that isn't ideal? maybe even unhealthy, but the devil you know is worse than the one you don't. You're kind of like, mm, I'll just stay where I am. It feels more comfortable. When it comes to relationships, do you have trouble speaking your voice? When it comes to making a change, do you generally see the glass is half full that it's going to be hard and you're starting over and it just doesn't really motivate you or inspire you to make the change? And finally, do you see yourself as a failure because things haven't worked out and compare yourself to other people who you deem or judge as successful while shaming yourself? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Lori. And before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Caraway Cookware. I love Caraway's non-toxic kitchenware that features a chemical-free ceramic coating so all your food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. We eat from home a lot. We use that saute pan for everything, starting with our eggs in the morning. Little Athena loves her eggs to our vegetables at night. And I am very conscientious of minimizing the amount of toxins that we can. There's so much we're exposed to in the world. So when we do have control and we can make choices that minimize toxins or eliminate them completely, we want to. And Kitchenware is one of the many ways that you can do that. And Caraway makes it easy for you. I also want to announce that they have their new stainless steel cookware set, which is beautiful and takes your meals to the next level. I'll be getting that one. And I've bought lots of non-toxic cookware before, and it was just so hard to clean. But Caraway's naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter for easy cleaning. Over 50,000 people have raved about their Caraway Kitchen products. Now it's time to try it for yourself. Here's how you can get 10% off your next Caraway purchase. Go to carawayhome.com slash over it, C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. It's exclusive for my listeners. So go to carawayhome.com slash over it or use promo code over it at checkout. Caraway cookware, non-toxic cookware made modern. All right. And now on to my coaching call with Lori.
1: Lori, welcome to the show. How can I help? Christine, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I had a situation come up recently that I wanted some coaching on and get your opinions on. Been in a relationship with a man for over two years. We just recently bought a house together and have been kind of creating this life together. And just recently, my anxiety level and intuition level has just skyrocketed. And one night in the middle of the night, I woke up and even though I'm not really proud of it, I went to his phone, opened his phone and found some very flirty and sort of over the top inappropriate text messages to another girl. Mm -hmm. And I was just shocked, you know, at that point, I think I went into panic mode. Um, I do have to say they were not sexual in nature. They they didn't talk about meeting up for that at all. It was more just very flirty with little hearts and calling her pretty lady and I like you and, you know, all of this stuff. So the big thing is that it took me a long time to even find my voice to say anything, you Mm -hmm. know, and that digs deep into my self-worth, which is maybe the track I wanted to go with this. I'm not sure if it's text themselves or if it's just more me that needs some looking into I just I couldn't find my voice I didn't have a voice Mm -hmm. I took me a long time I kind of broached it a little bit asking him if he was checked out of the relationship that he'd been distant he said he wasn't there's just been things going on so finally, the only way and, you know, my head spinning, my stomach spinning, the only way I could even get this out was I started it with a text and just kind of texted him that I knew all of this stuff and, and everything. So we finally had a discussion about it last night. And, you know, he was very defensive about it, probably more angry that I looked at his phone than kind of acknowledging the texts that I found kind of minimizing it, just being very reactive, saying, if you don't trust me, then it's time to move, you know, really just kind of throwing it Mm -hmm. back on me. Mm. And it's funny, even in that moment, I didn't have a voice, you know, how you kind of practice everything that you want to say ahead of time. (laughs) Just didn't get everything out that I wanted to. But he said, you know, I didn't have sex with her. And his whole thing is the sexual component like he goes, it was just a conversation. And I said, but can't you see how that conversation hurt me? Mm -hmm. And it was the very first time he said, kind of said, oh, well, I'm sorry, you were hurt. That was really the only acknowledgement of that. Maybe what he did wasn't right. And, you know, he was saying, well, "Well, it's actually not
0: much acknowledgement. It's say, I'm sorry, you were hurt. He wasn't apologizing for his actions at all.
1: And then he would say, you know, if I wanted to, I, I would have, but I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, just not addressing anything that really what was going on. And and I think my biggest thing, and this is, I told my girlfriend in those texts to this other girl, I didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Our house didn't exist together. Our life mm-hmm. didn't exist together. It was the two of them flirting and getting mm-hmm. to know each other.
0: Yeah. So first I acknowledge you for listening to your intuition and not ignoring that anxiety and telling yourself you were crazy. You know, you knew something was wrong, and you needed to figure out what it was. And I understand going into someone's phone isn't the best way to do it, but sometimes people aren't going to tell us the truth. Yeah, you know, and, and I we wouldn't feel yeah. yeah. And even if you confronted him, he probably wouldn't have said. Now I'm texting someone else, saying I'm interested in them and pretty lady and everything. So there's clearly something going on. This isn't just a you issue. At all. And I appreciate the ownership and you acknowledging some self worth because, yes, that's there and there's probably more there. But there's also a lack of integrity and honesty and commitment showing up from his end. So, before we dive deeper, what are you prepared to do in this relationship? Are you prepared to end it? Are you prepared to ask for counseling? Like, what are you willing to do?
1: That's where I'm really stuck. I know counseling with him is not going to be an option. He's he's over it. He says, I'm too old to argue. I don't want chaos or drama in my life. The only counseling that would happen would be with me. The (laughs) next step is where I'm really stuck. It's daunting and terrifying me to think, or to me to think about, let's sell the house and move on and go on with our lives. It's, it's emotionally and physically draining. It sounds financially daunting. And it's, what's crazy is, you know, I am very successful career woman. I've owned homes before by myself, lived in apartments when I needed to. I know that's an option, but it just, that option terrifies me right now.
0: What terrifies you about it?
1: Um, I would say just First of all, the time frame of still living with him while we're selling the house. it's it's not angry or anything today was fine, and we just kind of had a normal day. I would just say, I love the house. I love the neighborhood that we're in. I'm in a fairly new town now. I just moved here a couple of years ago. It's very, very expensive here as far as like two bedroom apartments are like twenty eight hundred dollars a month. So mm-hmm. financially scary. Just, and you would know, you have, have the house on your own? I don't know that I could buy him out. I have thought about that. I could do it, but it would be a financial burden. It's definitely mm-hmm. an option. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm kind of afraid of too is that, you know, I'm this age in my life. I'm making this mistake again. Just acknowledging that this failed again. I failed again. And, you know, I have two grown children with very happy marriages and my sister's in happy marriage and, you know, just to, you know, oh, well, there's, there's mom. She, she failed again. Well, you know, that's tough.
0: Yeah, it is tough. And I hear that. And it's also a very self-deprecating way to look at it, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. because we all have different soul lessons. We all have different curriculum. We all have different karma to work out. And there are certain areas of your life that haven't been as challenging The relationship category for reasons we can dive into if we feel it's necessary or would be helpful has been a challenging one for you. Mm -hmm. So, but you never would want to stay in a relationship that's dishonest out of shame or fear. And to me, those are the only reasons I've heard you want to stay.
1: Yeah. And I know that sounds strange, but after, you know, I have a very close girlfriend that I've shown the text to and discussed this with, mm-hmm. and her first question to me was, you know, Lori, if your daughter came to you with these texts, what would you say? And my, I would say leave. Mm-hmm. And I know I I don't want to be in this type of relationship Yeah. with, with him.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. there's your clarity, right? So either this type of relationship changes and he's willing to change the relationship and the dynamic and take ownership of flirting with another person. Cause in, in so many, in some ways, that emotional affair and being interested in someone is just as bad as going out and having sex with a stranger Mm -hmm. because the heart and the emotion is involved, which for a lot of people, especially men is more of an investment. Mm -hmm. So I can understand and appreciate why this is so bothersome to you. And what it sounds like he's doing is minimizing it.
1: I was gonna say, and they did meet once. There was a text that said, yeah. hey, hey, pretty lady, super cool to see you last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's not how a man in an honest, committed relationship speaks to another woman. Right. You know?
1: And I, and I know all that in my head. <laughs> it's yeah. just taking that physical action of uprooting my life again,
0: I think. Yeah. Is, is and I really part. get that. I really get that. And it's one of those situations of kind of the short-term uproot as opposed to the long-term staying in something that isn't aligned and isn't honest. And again, like I'm all for people making huge mistakes in relationship and taking ownership, understanding what motivated it and changing, but it doesn't sound like from what you're saying, he's willing to do that. No, he's saying he doesn't doesn't want drama and chaos, but he's creating it. Right. He's creating it. He
1: doesn't think he did anything wrong.
0: Well, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. because For the sheer fact that he didn't have sex with her, that's why he didn't think he did anything wrong.
0: Okay. So flirting, having an emotional connection, not being honest about talking to another woman and calling her pretty ladies, all okay for him.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Talking about sharing his story with her and how cool she is and how they have karma and that they vibe and, you know, just all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. (laughs) That's a lot lot of stuff.
0: So I understand it feels really daunting. I get that. I understand it feels like an uproot. And I'm wondering if, part of breaking this pattern and stepping more into this cycle of worthiness and this knowing of worthiness and out of the cycle of unworthiness is not perceiving this as uprooting your life, but really holding it as I am raising the bar in what I will tolerate in my life. And if you raise the bar, that means you're only going to bring better stuff in. The way you're holding it, I'm uprooting my life, I'm this old, who's going to want me, I'm just going to fall into another bad relationship. Like if that's what's going to happen, you might as well just stay in this one. Right. <laughs> Don't believe
1: me that thought has crossed my mind. Yes. And I, I
0: get that, but it it definitely is settling. Yeah. And it definitely and is compromising and it definitely is reinforcing the self-worth. But if you and if you do this and like I'm upgrading my life and financial burden and I'm a failure, that's honestly like we said, not much better.
1: Right.
0: But if you can really move forward in a no, I'm not tolerating this. And I'm actually not moving out. He's moving out because he's been dishonest in the relationship. We went in. Well well, let me ask you this. When you bought this house together, what were the agreements in your relationship?
1: It was a committed, loving relationship. And we were honest and truthful with each other about our relationship. We did everything together. We were 50, 50 partners in the house and and partners in life.
0: Right. And has he upheld that
1: up until now? Yes. I feel that way yeah.
0: up until now that you know of. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's been more. I don't have a clue. These things don't just tend to pop up. Yeah. Well, let me just ask you this. Has there been any kind of rift or slump in your relationship that preceded this conversation with, we'll call it pretty lady?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I could say that there was some distance, but these texts started back in July. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's when it started. You know, in some ways, both of us are very much individuals. Mm -hmm. And I would say for my responsibility, I'm not a great communicator as you could tell I wasn't really even able to hardly bring this this topic up so there might have been a little bit of distance between us you know after the excitement of moving in the house and Mm -hmm. getting it all together and just kind of settling into the house there might have been a little bit of that um, distance and you know kind of going Mm -hmm. within maybe yeah
0: well and in no way shape or form should you be taking any blame for him being dishonest but there can be a noticing of okay, like what made you retreat? Right. And what made you maybe not as aware of ways you were showing up for him. But in that, in ways you might not have been showing up or meeting his needs, it probably was because you weren't speaking your own needs, right? Yeah. So there was there was the both and I also experienced you as an excellent communicator. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think you freeze. You freeze when you don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You freeze in a trauma response. Yes. Yes. So being in a relationship where you don't feel safe enough to communicate is a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you've followed that thread back into your childhood about who, with, and when it wasn't safe to speak up in relationships.
1: Yeah. It it goes back to the dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it does very a lot of women, you
0: know, just yeah. Yep. Yep. And as you've heard me talk about on the show, as children, we didn't have the choice to leave, to make a different choice, to demand something different. But as adults we do. So if you choose to stay, which you can't, if you choose to stay and say nothing, you're basically telling that little girl, this is We just have to take this. This is the best we can do, and you still don't have a voice. Whereas a big part of breaking the pattern could be in like, nope, this is not the relationship I want, and I'm getting out. And if you perceive yourself as a failure, Lori, then you have no compassion for that little girl.
1: I know. I know, and I do, and I do, And, and thank you for saying to look at it like that because I'm looking at it more as where I'm at in my life right now. Right, exactly.
0: And we can be 70 and still ruled by the inner child. Yeah. Who doesn't feel safe, who doesn't feel validated, who doesn't feel like her needs are really being taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would encourage a coach or a therapist at this time. I always encourage them, especially in big times of transition mm-hmm. so that this is the last time you ever have to do this. Yeah. Because the best way to learn and change a pattern is when we're smack dab in the middle of it.
1: But have a coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have someone, you know, helping us break the pattern of it and can point things out and offer us a different perspective, which is probably why you felt compelled to call into this show. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a part of you is like really wants, you're not even asking, what should I do? You already know (laughs) what you should do. It's more about how do I never have to do this again?
1: That's it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. How do I get right now from point A to point B and then never do it again?
0: Okay. Well, that's a great question. What do you think the answer is?
1: So like just even saying that just my stomach goes in knots and I feel myself freezing up and and totally fawning and freezing and and being in total fright. You know, it would be finding a new place to live, selling the house and starting over.
0: Well, starting over, just saying those words, how do those feel? It almost feels like again. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't feel that good. Doesn't feel good in my body when you said it. So first, when that knots in stomach comes up, first we go, oh, okay. Okay, little one, you're scared. I'm with you. It's okay. It's okay to be scared. I got you. So first, like allow the feelings, right? Because trauma sits in our nervous system because we're never allowed to feel the feelings in a safe and compassionate way. And then it just gets locked in and then it just is a pattern. So first things first, you're just so gentle and mothering and loving with the parts of you that go into that trauma response. The parts of you that freeze or fawn and go, okay, I know there's there's a wanting to freeze. All right, so we can pause. We can pause for a moment. We don't have to do anything right now. We can pause, catch our breath, wait for the knots to dissipate a little bit. There's no forcing or rushing in this. This is not a like, go, 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 handle your life, Lori. This is not that kind of energy. So it's being really gentle with the parts of you that are coming up because that's all part of the pattern. The part, breaking a pattern isn't just about making the change. It's how we are with ourselves while we're making the change. While we're going through the change. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So by you choosing, okay, I'm ending this relationship. And let me just think for a moment, like, what would it look like for me to keep this house? I love this house. Do I want to keep this house? Could I sage away enough of his energy or would I always feel him in here? You know, or is there what if there's something even better out there? An even better house that I love even more. That's an even better location. So a big part of making this change for you is gonna be how you hold it and reframing, not just reframing, because that's mental, but that is a big part of it. Like rehandling how you are with yourself during the change. Because I'm gonna say it several times, this is not you failing. This is not you failing. This is not you failing. This is you working out a deep father wound and healing. This is you healing we can't heal something till it's in our face. Yeah. And we can give ourselves love, the compassion, the patience, the support that we didn't have as a child. Mm-hmm. So I would look at, you know, what are all the things I wish I would have had around me when dealing with my father? How can I give myself those things now? You probably would have loved a loving adult to talk you through it. You probably yeah. would have loved some space from it. You probably would have loved
1: to be able to tell him the truth. Mm -hmm. and just a hug just support and a hug and comfort during some of those difficult times
0: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: so this is not
0: a failure this is an opportunity to rewrite history wow and raise the bar so that your life gets even better (laughs) so you can settle and stay safe or You can choose to make this change very consciously, very lovingly, very compassionately from the place of, I am worthy enough to raise the bar to a level that's actually authentic for me.
1: Yeah, I like that. It it feels very scary to do that. It almost feels better to settle and stay safe. And that's just kind of sad.
0: Yeah. And when it feels better, I would be a little more accurate with yourself and is like, is it better or familiar? Because if familiar. it felt better, like anytime you think it feels better, project yourself 10 years mm-hmm. or even yeah. six months from now and finding another text and tell me if that feels better. Right, right.
1: Yeah, no, not better. You're right. Mm-hmm. Familiar. Familiar. Or even
0: saying, hey, babe, I found this awesome workshop on relationships, it's communication and all these other cool couples are going and it's in Jackson Hole, I mean, I love Jackson Hole. Let's go together. Him saying, no, I'm too old. Like just even rejecting and not being willing to play with you the way you want to play. Yeah. Like, so I, I say often that when we have a fear that's paralyzing us, find like a bigger fear a more accurate fear to help give us some perspective and go, okay, like, I know this is scary, but I'm going to choose into courage because not doing anything is scarier.
1: Yeah, it's stifling almost, you know, just to stay stuck again. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But I think with support, with
0: a different perspective, you know, miracles and change in perception and being super compassionate with this little girl inside, this change, Lori, could be easier than you think. And could feel really amazing,
1: yeah, I guess that's what I need to focus on, just that the change would be amazing, not daunting and a failure, right. There are I going to be need. hard parts of it, but long
0: term, mm-hmm. harder to stay in a relationship
1: that's not honest. yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. and and you know, and just I think part of my the difficulty of this is I just have such a big abandonment wound. But that is just right in my face right now. And it's almost like if I don't do this, then I'm the one abandoning myself again.
0: Yeah. So don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Why does it have to be so scary? (laughs) Because
0: it's new. Because it's new. And there's a part of you that's really little. Yeah. So you just keep telling that part, like, we got this. Like, I got this. We're Okay. Okay you got this, Laura, you do. And you don't have to do it alone. Really reach out, get some support. Okay. I
1: will. I think that would be very helpful.
0: I think it would too. Time to raise the bar on all levels of your life.
1: Okay. Thank you. appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Lori, for calling in and for trusting yourself and trusting me. To guide you through what is a difficult decision, you know. I often say when I'm coaching people, when they describe the situation they're in, that oh, there is not an easy answer here. Now, there's not an easy answer. Often, there's a clear answer. Like it's clear that this is not the relationship that she wants, but it's not easy and that is a pickle to be in. (laughs) That is such a pickle to be in when you just know what you need to do, but it just seems like there's so many obstacles stacked against you and it's just easier to stay. I get it. I've been there in situations in my life and sometimes I've chosen to stay and regretted it. (laughs) Sometimes I've chosen to stay and it kind of worked out okay, but I don't know what it would have been like had I left. I'm talking about both relationships and work situations and just general situations in life, places I've lived, so on and so forth. And sometimes I've chosen to go when it wasn't easy. And even though it was so hard in the short term, it was really worth it in the long run. So I encourage Lori and I encourage all of you, if you're in a situation where you're settling and you want to make a change, but it just seems so daunting. Like I coach Lori, can you reframe how you're seeing it? If you're seeing something as this is Mount Everest, it's gonna feel really, really hard. But if you're seeing something as this is actually me leaping into a life that I love rather than settling for a life that just feels familiar, it's gonna feel different. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be difficult at times, but our perception and our perspective and our beliefs about anything dramatically influence how we experience it. And in Lori's case, with somebody that isn't being completely honest with her, like that's a big deal breaker in a relationship. And when someone is dishonest, can they change? Well, yes, if they're willing to do their work and if they fully own the dishonesty, but there was no ownership on his end. That's what raises the red flag in me. Because if there's not ownership and there's denial and there's defensiveness, 99.99% of the time, the person's just going to do it again or may still be doing it. And Lori, on some level, because of her relationship with her father, believes that this man is the best she can get, but he's not. And as she makes a self-honoring choice to liberate herself from a situation in which she's not feeling valued and honored and like a priority and like the queen that she is, then she starts to shift that. And that little girl inside starts to believe, oh, wait. I can't have something better. So again, I know many of you are in situations where the choice may be clear in terms of a change you need to make, but it's not easy. Just because something's not easy doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. All right, everybody, that's the show for today, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time.